Welcome to season one of the Beacon of Hope podcast with Jesse Kretzer, your host, bringing hope and encouragement to nine to five rebels. Having raised two career musicians, building her own business, and teaching others to do the same, Jesse is intimately familiar with the behind the scenes grit needed to go after your passion. And life experience has taught her this. There are a lot of things you can live without, and hope is not one of them. And now, here's your host, 9 to 5 Rebel herself, Jessie Kretzer. Welcome to Season 1 of the Beacon of Hope podcast. Each week, I'm going to interview a different 9 to 5 Rebel about their journey in an effort to bring practical advice and tips to other 9 to 5 Rebels. So today, my guest is Allie Dottilio. Let me tell you a little bit about why I wanted to interview Allie and why I really believe she's going to bring a lot of value to our community. So Allie and I have known each other for quite some time. You were a little girl when I first met you, Um, but I've watched you become an amazing young woman as a fine artist here in our local town. And we have worked on a number of projects together. So that's kind of given me a little more um, kind of a front row seat to watch your, um, just your career take off. And I, I saw some of the behind the scenes, but not enough of it. I want you to share a lot of the behind the scenes today <laughs> with our listeners, because there's a lot of people that want to accomplish the growth that you've accomplished, Allie. And I commend you. Of course, there's no way you could have grown the way you did if you didn't have an amazing product with your talent as an artist. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone has to right now get on Instagram and go to Allie Dottilio. Yep. It's just at Allie Dottilio. Allie, A-L-L-I-E and Dottilio, D-A-T-T-I-L-I-O. And that's where you can find me everywhere. Instagram, my website, it's all just Allie Dottilio. And they'll see this beautiful, classy young woman who paints beautiful skyscapes and landscapes. And I am a lover of all nature, sunrises, sunsets, and especially the beach. So mm-hmm. I know it's not just me that your art speaks to. When I feel like we, you and I have a little bit of a parallel there too, because I say I'm a painter of hope. I, I also, so I do a lot of kind of stormy, moody skyscapes. I love my clouds, but then I insert a layer of 24 karat gold leaf at the horizon. So it's that contrast between the dark and light and kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and um, hope that way. So definitely some, some similarities. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. But if I knew that, I would have claimed that as a reason why you and I are here today. So we'll just take that slicing on the cake, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to love your art. There's no question about that. And I want to tell them a little bit of the behind the scenes, how we did several projects together over the last number of years. And it kind of speaks to things that we can see about ourselves If we look back we can begin to see where we were headed before we even knew we were headed there, right? Yeah. So about six or seven years ago, I think it was 2013, if I'm not mistaken, I decided that I was going to host 
what I called an artist harvest here at my home. I knew that marketing was something I had a strength in and I watched my sons as musicians have many friends that were artists and they would create these beautiful things, whether it was jewelry, paintings, songs, whatever. But then they would always struggle with bringing their wares to market and getting paid what it's worth or getting paid anything at all, to be quite honest with you, for what they had created. So I thought, let me mentor this group. Let me bring in someone that I know that makes beautiful pottery and someone like Allie. You displayed your paintings throughout my home. And then we all talked about how to use social media. And I remember going around to visit the different artists. I don't think I had to visit you and kind of give you that pep talk, but just about all of them were like a nervous wreck the week before. And they yeah. were really second guessing themselves. So I got to be that encourager. <clears throat> and that's what I would consider this podcast to be all about, encouraging those entrepreneurs, those nine to five rebels on their journey. So we did that and it was, it was a great success. It was a lot of fun. And I say it was a success because every, no one died. <laughs> they were sure that they were going to be so stressed out they were going to die. They really did show up. Everything was displayed and everyone sold some product and made money. And, and that, that really built confidence. So that was one of the things. And so I don't know, do you want to say anything about that experience or, or the next yeah. when the pop-up shops, I'll let well, you come up there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, I was at that point, 2013, I had been just out of college for a few years. So I was working part-time, painting part-time, trying to figure out the best way to sell my work, probably dabbling online a little bit, um, but trying to do the in-person thing. But I think where that whole like feeling like you're going to die, at least for me, I'm super introverted. So the idea of having to like stand by my artwork, wait for someone having to like have those in-person conversations and kind of like brag about yourself. And it, it's awkward and uncomfortable. Um, so I think if anything, maybe when well, we'll talk, we have the pop-up, there's a few more events we did in person, but I think each one was kind of laying the, like laying the groundwork where I realized really in-person events wasn't my thing, <laughs> where I wanted to branch out online, where I felt a little bit safer and I could also reach more people, but it was a great kind of introduction just to get more confident even just standing claim as an artist. I think up to that point, working part-time, you know, if someone asked what I did, I was working in accounting at the time. So I would say like, oh, I'm working in accounting. I would never say, oh, I'm an artist. But those little events and getting to kind of introduce myself as an artist, as a painter, kept kind of like building my confidence, so. Well, it's hard for me to picture you feeling like you have to hide behind social media rather than, um, not really want to be out there because I think most of us look at someone on social media that has grown a following like you have up to what 25,000 now yeah just a little bit over mm -hmm. so you would kind of think oh that's an extra extrovert that really wants attention but here it's the absolute opposite completely so yeah <laughs> maybe some of our listeners can relate to that right um it's maybe it's a little safer place than they might expect it to be yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's made different for each person, but for me, um, I guess because in my mind, at least when I was starting out, I didn't, I really didn't post most 
most much on Facebook because I was friends and family and that made me nervous. But on Instagram, it felt like they were strangers. They didn't really know me. So that felt safer. Um, now as my following's grown, I do have more like local following also there. Um, and maybe it's also generational. Like I just never really thought about it too much. And Instagram online just felt safer. It just kind of felt like and it is all kind of this facade, right? So it isn't all, I mean, like I'm, you're genuine, um, but it, there is a little bit of filtering there that goes, so that feels safer than just, yeah, person to person. Well, we hear all the time about actors and musicians that are on big stages, but they're in a party setting, they're not comfortable. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably a really good, so, <laughs> good analogy, yeah kind of the opposite for me. I have more of that extroverted personality and then I have to go introspective to create what I write and things like that. Um, so we all have to have that balance, of course. We have to play in both places. We can't hide from either if we really want to accomplish the types of things that we're all here to pursue and what we've seen you do. And so the next thing that we did together was we were part of what we called the downtown movement here in our local town. And our passion was to revitalize our dying downtown. And so we were going to have these pop-up shops and we did. And we credit Rory Daltridge for leading the charge with that. And I was asked to create this artist harvest kind of atmosphere as a pop-up shop downtown Hagerstown as part of the downtown movement. So we did that. And Allie was one of the artists that displayed her art. And I will never forget how excited you were, Allie, when you sold a painting for $700. That's what I remember. I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but tell us a little bit about what that felt like for you back then. Yeah, um, it was. It was $700. Now, today, fast forward, I, I'm selling my pieces for like four to five times that. But the time, that was a huge, I mean, that is a huge amount of money. I think it was the first, I think I may have sold online maybe one or two pieces prior to that, but otherwise, one of my really first big sales. Um, and I also recently told you this story that it was also kind of a pivotal moment because it was a, it was a local lady that liked my piece. It was, I, I can picture it. It was, um, the ripples of a water. So it's kind of abstract, but it was actually inspired by like the waves of a seascape. Um, but she bought the painting, picked it up, and then emailed me and brought it back. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, like, do you not like it? And she said, no, um, but you just, or she's like, no, I love it. You just didn't sign, sign it. And when I had signed it on the back, um, but up to that point, I always felt like my signature was kind of a, a distraction or it kind of disrupted my artwork. So I always hid it. And um, she's like, no, like you need to, to claim this. I want your signature on the front. And again, going back to that, like, imposter syndrome, not really able to kind of claim my identity as an artist. I think that was another moment where I was like, oh, like I'm really doing this. People actually really like my work and, and value it. There's some value here. So that was, well, yeah. As I hear you say that, Allie, what I want to say to our listeners is don't take for granted that when you have the opportunity to encourage, encourage a writer, a restaurant owner, a musician, Anyone that is working to create a business of any type, don't think that they don't need that little encouragement from you. Because I know that I've heard it from my own sons as musicians and many of their friends. 
And I know a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. It sounds like it was a pivotal moment for you. Right. The fact that it's what six, seven years later and I'm still talking about it. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, whenever you can offer those little bit words of encouragement, it goes a long way. Well, I know we continue to be in the same community and we haven't even begun to talk about how your life has changed in the last three years now as a young mom. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that? We can kind of be a little bit of an out of order here in our, in our, um, well, I can try to kind of tie it into like my journey here. Um, so yeah, so I graduated college in 2011. I was working part-time, um, accounting part-time. Well, so I majored in art, minored in math, also took a few, went back to school and took a few accounting classes, um, worked in accounting part-time for a few years and then all the while painting. But the biggest pivotal moment, you know, I was kind of slowly building the following, um, building my business. But the moment I actually went full time was when I left for maternity leave when I gave birth to my first son, which would have been at the end of 2017. Um, I was kind of undecided. It was a big jump to get to that point. But I think at that point in my work, I just trained my um, like temporary replacement. And I felt like, okay, this is a safe time to just go all in. Um, so I had my son Ward two years ago, and then actually just like five weeks ago, I gave birth to twins. <laughs> so now, um, so James and Juniper, so now I'm a mom of three, under three, um, completely unexpected, but just riding the wave of adrenaline at this point and a little bit of sleep deprivation. Um, but all the while, you know, still doing my art, trying to balance kind of all the things and build a business that allows me to do that too. So. Well, congratulations. That is, wow, that's a light, that's a major life change. But I don't see you taking your eye off the ball of where you're headed one iota. Well, and I think, um, I mean, mom guilt is a whole other conversation we could have, but I also know I'm the best mom when I'm the best me and how fulfilled I am as an artist and a business owner. I need that in my life. Um, I have to make that a priority, you know, to make everything else work. So. Well, you're wise beyond your years to realize that you're going to be the best at everything that you do when you have balance. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done, but yes. Yeah. And no, I, I definitely see that. And I'm, I'm trying to keep that, um, you know, in my sight line with every, with every direct, with every decision I'm making, just making sure that that's getting me a step closer to where I want to be. So. Well, that's one of the things I noticed about you when we went to our third project that we were working on, you and I and a couple others here in the local town on the next pop-up shop event, we decided we would take on kind of renovating this old building and for just a short season of a couple of weekends, we would bring in variety of artists, they would show their wares and we called it the Trove Gallery. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, having like a little brick and mortar gallery. I'd worked in galleries in the past. Um, so being able to bring that to Hagerstown was special, even if though it was just temporary, but. It was temporary. And I can remember approaching you about another project. And at that time, you, you heard me out. And then you said, that doesn't fit with the goals that I have in sight. And so this is where I'm going right now. And I was very impressed that you had such clarity. And that has a lot to do with where you have, what you have accomplished in the last four years. 
I would say that was about four years ago. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're a little bit um, you, more unique as an artist in terms of having that right brain, left brain going on, right? We talked a little bit about that. I can't believe that you, when you were telling me when you paint, you actually think black and white and you think in numbers. And tell us a little bit more about that because that kind of caught me off guard and I want, I want our listeners to understand how important that is. Yeah, I mean, I do think I'm unique. I think it's one of my strengths. So as a business owner and as an artist, but I definitely need, again, balance, but using both sides of my brain, um, kind of the black and white, you know, two plus two equals four. Most of the time I crave that kind of concrete world of math and numbers. And then because the art world can be so arbitrary, so kind of ebbing and flowing between the two. Um, so as I paint, it's all kind of a, um, like an equation. I'm, I'm adding, subtracting, solving this problem. A lot of times I'm working intuitively, so I'm not actually following a, a photograph. I'm just kind of painting a landscape um, that I'm inventing as I go. And it, it just kind of feels right or it doesn't feel right. Um, so definitely parallels, I mean, maybe unexpected parallels, but between the math world and painting. It makes sense to me anyways. And then, and then as far as the business side of things go, I actually just as kind of equally enjoy like my spreadsheets and getting my taxes done and all of that kind of stuff, just as much as I do spending time at the easel, maybe not quite as much as spending time at the easel, um, but I don't mind it. And I think that's, I mean, I, I enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, that's where you and I are creative types that are completely different because I don't love the detail. I'm more the visionary. So to hear about how you can be a visionary and also still be methodical in that thought process, you know, laying out a well thought out business plan, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. um, and still being able to make this beautiful artistic work of art. Now, there's gotta be a lot of people listening to us right now thinking, so maybe I can't be successful, as successful as Allie, because I don't have both sides of my brain going on as strong as she does. So what can, how can we encourage them? I think just being self-aware of knowing what you're good at, what are your strengths, what lights you up. If there's anything that feels heavy to you that you're dreading to do, to do if that's taxes for you, realizing you can outsource that. <laughs> you know, there, there are professionals that can do that for you. Stay in your zone of genius, um, whatever that is. And I, I think just kind of tapping into that, that's my biggest. I, I think being able to outsource too and realizing you don't have to do all the things if you don't want to is a, is a strength, yeah. Well, I love that. Stay in your zone of genius. So know what your zone of genius is. And one of the ways you find that, I say, listen to that fire in your belly. At the end of the day, if there was something that you couldn't give up for the rest of your life, what would that be? And that's going to point to that zone of genius. That's going to point to that fire in your belly. And to believe that you can be everything to everyone or be balanced every single day. No, some days you're going to be a little more on as a mom and other days you're going to be a little more on as an artist and other I mean, days, right? I'd say um, right now this season I'm in is technically kind of my maternity leave. So I'm much more mom these days. Um, I'm hoping to get back into the studio within the next probably month or so. Um, but knowing that it doesn't have to be a day to day balance or an hour by hour, it can be these seasons of change and just, 
again, being focused long-term, um, I think helps just knowing where you're going and being intentional with each step. I agree. Well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, I want to, I want to pick your brain a little bit about some things that you do to get yourself in that zone to be in that creative process. We'll be right back. This is your host, Jesse Kretzer. If you're like me and you have an entrepreneurial spirit that just won't quit, you're in the right place. Whether you've made the leap to call yourself the boss yet or not, your spirit will be fueled by the experiences and the advice of each one of my guests. Now back to today's episode. We are back with our fine artist here, local gal from Hagerstown, Maryland, Allie Dottilio. And as I promised, I want to get into her heart and her head and her soul a little bit here. And I can't even imagine how, what you have to do to get yourself prepared to be in that zone that your brush will just create the amazing skyscapes and seascapes and landscapes that we see you create. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I can. And I feel like this answer may be a little unexpected um, because I think it's a little less emotional maybe, but just really treating, I mean, I, I really savor my time in the studio, especially as a mom, knowing I have a very limited time to paint. I need to make the most of it, but really treating my art um, and my creativity as like a muscle that needs to be worked at and worked out and just kind of pushing through. There are definitely days that I don't really feel like painting, but I know that I need to treat this as a business and I have to, I have to work. And so kind of getting over that hump and just pushing through it. And then eventually it, it does, it flows out, but sometimes it may not always feel that way within the first hour and maybe not every painting is going to be a masterpiece, um, but still pushing through and just having the discipline to carry on when you may not be feeling completely inspired, I think is important, especially if you want to take this into a business and, and profit from it. So. So that's totally not what I expected you to say. <laughs> okay. And I can see the business mind thinking there because you just connected that to something that I learned in a business book by John Maxwell. The book is called Failing Forward. And what he says is, it is easier to act yourself into feeling than it is to feel yourself into acting. Yeah. So you just told us that sometimes you don't feel like painting, but you just get in the mo you get in the movements, right? And right. you just keep doing it until that feeling comes over you. So I love learning that about you, Allie. Yeah, I think it's unexpected. I think also Brene Brown, I've just read recently like a thing where she said, when you, when you come home, no matter what your day is like and how drained you are, put on a smile when you walk through that door. And then again, those, that feeling will catch up to your actions. <laughs> so I think it's similar um, as an artist and as a creative type to just kind of fake it sometimes. And then it'll catch up and it'll come through. Um, but I think just building the process and, and building that self-discipline to kind of get you over those hurdles is important. So do you listen to music? when you're painting? Um, funny, no, I actually listen to podcasts. I'm a big podcast person lately. Um, and it ranges anywhere from like business podcasts to, I know, I think you're a Rachel Hollis fan, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I love her podcast, her, but also like true crime. I'm all kind of across the board. Um, but I feel like just being able to multitask and, and listen and learn as I'm working. And then it's also funny because every painting I do then 
brings me back to whatever I was listening to, whether it was a true crime, like murder mystery <laughs> or something really inspirational. Um, but that's kind of where I get to zone out and just have some me time. Well, I'm going to admit that every time I look at your paintings, it's going to be very difficult for me to picture you listening to a podcast <laughs> and painting that. I'm just going to put that out there. I think I'm going to still pretend that you're listening to this beautiful classical music. Yeah, maybe not quite as romantic as you thought, but yeah, think whatever you'd like. <laughs> yeah. Allie, you keep doing what's working for you because it's working for you. And that's all that matters, really. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. Um, but but that's, that's interesting. So, and the next time I don't feel like writing and I don't feel like getting up at five in the morning to write because I know that I have to write roundabout before the sun comes up and very soon after or else it doesn't happen for me, I'm going to remember that... Once I sit down, that feeling is going to come. And the word. And maybe not every day. It may not always come, but I think more times than not, it will. Yeah, if you push through. Um, I also just thinking as like a mom and a business owner, thinking just again, numbers wise, I am paying a babysitter, you know, to take care of my kids. So I feel like I have to make the most of that time and be profitable with my time and I can't let it let it go to waste. So I get think that that pressure comes in. Um, I try not to let it be pressure, but just motivation to get something done. But yeah. I think that's very good business tips, sound business tips, really, because anyone that wants to accomplish anything worth accomplishing, you're going to have to have that self-discipline, that grit. You're going to have to have that business mind and you speak beautifully to that. So thank you. So we're going to talk about strategy here because I know that you not only grew this Instagram following that has now created a demand for your product, people are literally waiting on the edge of their seat. They're waiting to get that email that says, I'm back in the studio and I'm releasing my next series and you better be checking your email because if you want to buy one, you need to be not missing that email. That's yeah, it's funny. Thanks. So, well, so just for people that aren't familiar, I do collection releases um, just about quarterly. And it's a fun thing where I send out a password. So my website's password protected unless you're on my email list. So you get that password and then you can access and shop the pieces. Um, so but that's all part of my strategy. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I really did get started. Mainly, I think the majority of my success came through Instagram like you said, we did these kind of local events um, that were great and I think built my confidence, but as a profitable, from a profitable standpoint, you know, just reaching a few hundred people in a, in a weekend as opposed to thousands, it's a big difference. And again, as a, this introvert, those weekends totally drained me having to talk and I'd much rather felt safer at, in my studio and just posting things online and be able to then ship all across the world. And I think currently my paintings are on five different continents. I have just Antarctica and Africa left, <laughs> but I'm working on this. No, so um, yeah, Instagram is what I use kind of as my introduction to people. That's where people I'm most often discovered. And then it's a whole process, like you said, to get them on my email list, to give them incentives to join my email list. Because um, if you're familiar with Instagram or social media, the algorithm is all people talk about. And it's this, um, again, realizing though that it's, it's not a, a villain, you can work it to your advantage, but that not everybody's going to be seeing every post you put out there on Instagram. So realizing you can't necessarily depend just on that. So that email list is a little bit more secure where you know that's going right to their inbox. Um, and, then from the, and then from the email list, having a, a, 
a website that's beautiful and that adds value to my work that's easy to use where people can purchase from. Um, and then, yeah, releasing these collections that sell out usually within the first 24, 48 hours. Um, it's all been a work in progress, but that's kind of my four steps to where I am today. Well, why don't you also tell us a little bit about the services that you offer other than painting, beautiful paintings. You actually want to teach people what you have just described. So tell us a yeah. little bit about how you offer that. Yeah, so I think again, tapping into when you, that first question when you said, um, I think asked about if your zone of genius like isn't all the things, how, how do you manage that? But there are resources out there that also can teach you and help you be maybe a better business owner as an artist. Um, so one of those resources, I've partnered with a friend, Lindsay Emery, who's a really talented ceramicist out of North Carolina, but we've built the Studio Source, and it's an online community for artists that want to sell their work specifically online. Um, and we've created a program called The Residency, which is a membership where we have four courses that actually walk you through Instagram, your website, email list, and collection release strategy, um, as well as this really supportive community of over 150 artists that are all in this together. Um, we do also critiques so with some coaching, but it's the idea that we have this content out there that you guys can work through and build your business and, and take your businesses more seriously, I think, by investing in, in a program like this um, that kind of can empower you to, to create consistent sales online without the fear of failure. And again, tapping into that imposter syndrome, I think as artists, we've all been through that. Um, so giving you this, the tools and the confidence um, to make it really and, and not buy into that you have to be the starving artist, that you can actually make a living off of this if you're willing to put in the time and discipline to get there. So you want to be behind all of those starving artists and you want to help them not have to kind of get rid of that cliche, right? You want to teach people that you don't have to be a starving artist and it is an admirable career. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if that is your zone of genius, if that's what's going to fulfill you and, and light you up, we want to make sure that you're able to do that profitably and, and um, smart and do it well and, and still not be fully drained. A lot of our members in the studio stores are also moms, so it's trying to find the time. That's the other thing where I think selling online as opposed to those pop-up shops was what I enjoyed because it, it didn't take a whole weekend out of my life. You know, I can be doing this here and there from my phone, even um, making those connections and still having time for my family and, and my, and my husband. So. Yes. I think we all want to work here and there from our phone nowadays. Right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And it sounds glamorous. It's not always, I, I, my husband also still complains like put your phone down Allie. I, so I, I'm working on boundaries there <laughs> where I'm not always on my phone. Um, but just having a little bit more flexibility is great. So. Well, tell us a little bit about the support system that you had in your life growing up and also as an adult that brought you to where you are today as an artist. Yeah, I might tear up now. <laughs> um, but I think that more than anything, you know, I have this set of skills and I like working besides my brain, but I don't think any of this could have been possible without that support. Um, so growing up, you know, I, I think I had an obvious talent there for art and a skill that my parents always fostered and encouraged. Um, and so I, I, they allowed me to go to school for that. I think graduating college without any debt was one of the biggest blessings they've given me to, to really go full force into this, this art. I think if I had that, those student loans, that would make a big difference for me. But it really helped me in that way. But now even my mom's with my babies now helping me so I could be on this call. Um, my mother-in-law also has a really great support system and, and helps with my toddler and the babies. So um, I think all around just having this village of support, whether it's friends or family, 
building it yourself just to make sure that you have that um, I don't think anyone can do it all on their own. So, and, and I also should give a shout out to my husband, who's also been the biggest encourager. He's, um, we met in second grade, so he's known me all my life and has also really encouraged and pushed me. Um, you know, he, for a while, he was working his butt off full time while I was kind of dabbling part time and painting and part time and work, knowing I could have been making more money if I was full time in my, in my accounting job, but he never once um, you know, even suggested that he knew what my goal was. He had the confidence that I'd get there if I was given the time and space to, to do it. So, yeah. well, that is beautiful. We definitely want to give a shout out to that man. No <laughs> Mark, yeah, well, so, and I'm sure yeah. he's changing diapers too, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. We, uh, with the twins, we're, we're taking shifts every three hours throughout the night. So he had the four, three o'clock shift in the morning this morning. Um, so yeah, and he's all in. He also, he does all of our laundry. He's a, he's a keeper. I'll say that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, are you familiar with Anna and Archer Huntington? Anna? No, I, the, I don't think so. The female sculpture. Um, Brook Green Gardens down in South Carolina. Yeah, Brook I've been there. Yeah. Carolina. Um, make sure you check the, their story out a little bit uh, because she was an amazing sculptor and her husband was an amazing supporter and one I mean from building the property that she needed to live on and bringing the animals there she had kind of a zoo right there on her estate now he had a lot of money so he could do these things but he could have decided not to do those things with his money but she made the statement that she had the perfect husband for an artist to be married to. I think that's important. Yeah, and I think, um, well, Mark always jokes that like, he's just buying time because he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. He's like, I just wanna be able to like, build your frames and take care of the babies and you do you. Um, so that's kind of the goal. We'll see how long it takes to get there. But I love just knowing that I have his support and he's not doubting me in any way. We'll say, so. He's a smart man that loves his wife. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> from, from what I can tell, that is wonderful. Okay, so um, every one of my podcasts, I like to wrap up with two questions that will help our nine to five community. So the first question I'm gonna ask you, Allie, I'm gonna ask you to speak to that nine to five rebel that cannot silence the fire in their belly any longer. And they've got to make the leap how would you encourage them? So I don't know if this is encouragement or just some strategy. And again, this is my business mind, but it's having a plan and knowing your numbers. Um, I think that's especially within the studio source, our community of artists, we see it frequently. It's really easy to kind of put your blinders on, dive all into your art, but then ignore the number side of it. Are, are you actually making money off of your work? What, what should you be charging? I think pricing that, charging enough for what your work is actually valued at is a big hurdle, but being aware of all of that, even um, I'm a big fan of just like QuickBooks self-employed, I'll give a little shout out there, but it's a really quick reference. You can go in month to month or by the year to see what your revenue is and if you're actually making money. But when you're thinking then about taking that leap into full time, um, having that plan and knowing what you actually need to survive and how much work you need to sell to get to that number and how you're gonna sell um, and how you're gonna make that happen. So having a plan, having those numbers, 
Um, I think when I went full-time at that point, I was making about maybe 75% of what I really needed to go full-time. So there was a little bit of a leap of faith there, knowing though that once I had the time and space to do it, I, I would, and I did. I actually think I doubled my revenue goal the first year I was full-time. Um, but again, it was because I knew what I needed to get there, the numbers I needed, um, and had a plan to execute. So I think it's really, even if it's uncomfortable and um, you dread it, just being educated as far as what your business actually looks like and, and recognizing that what you're doing is a business. That too. That's excellent advice. And I want to add one thing to that. And that is that if they're just really overwhelmed at looking at the piece of the budgeting and the numbers, and they just feel like that's not their strength, find a mentor, whether it's through your small business association or score or just other local business owners in your town. Find someone that is successful at doing to mentor young. Can I give a little tip though too, instead of when you are approaching mentors, this is something I recently read and, and I've employed myself is instead of just asking for a cup of coffee or a broad, like, let me pick your brain, but coming to them with actual like concrete questions. Cause I think sometimes I can feel, especially to like a business, busy business owner that can feel a little overwhelming or daunting to try to find the time. But if you know, like I have these three questions or even if it could just be an email, sometimes it's a little bit easier, but just being a little bit more straight to the point and prepared in those conversations, just to make the most of it. Um, and coming, coming prepared to those, yeah, I think can go a long way. Yes, I think it's going to be more productive for both people if right. you can come at it with specific questions. I think that is a good point, Allie. Thank you. Okay, so lastly, I'm going to ask you to speak to that discouraged or stuck nine to five rebel because I can promise you, you have stories of being stuck and you have stories when you need it encouraged, right, Allie? It's not like yeah. You're not getting through this thing without having those moments, right? No, and I think especially as artists, we're, I think, um, just more, I don't want to say more emotional, but I think maybe more in tune to our emotions and more um, vulnerable to that self-doubt. I think it's very common and something I've had to, I'm constantly overcoming, I think. So what are you going to say to this discouraged nine to five rebel that's ready to hang it up? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think just trying to remember why you fell in love with it in the first place and kind of I think almost like it was a relationship what did you love about that person in the very beginning what did you love about your work your your passion um, and, and try to kind of reignite that fire um, and then again maybe even going back into that fake it till you make it thing just keep pushing through and, and then that that feeling is going to come back as long as you're putting the work into it um, and then also just thinking about what happens if you don't continue in five years, where would you be if you, if you don't pursue that? Is, is that going to be fulfilling? Um, and just kind of thinking long-term too. Well, great advice. Thank you. I know that our nine to five rebels today are very encouraged and they got lots of great tips. So now they can go at it for one more day. And that's what we promised them. This podcast is going to be enough encouragement to help them stay in the game one more day. So if we want to reach you, we know where to find you on Instagram, but do you also have a website that you want to tell us about? 
Yeah, so on Instagram, it's at Allie Dottilio. My website's also AllieDottilio.com. Um, and then I will give a little shout out if you're a fine artist or an, an artist. We do jewelry, ceramics, painters, um, illustrators for the studio source is our online community of resources and courses within a membership to kind of give you these skills and, and just also the community of other artists. Um, if you want that encouragement when you're feeling stuck, it's really powerful. So that is the studio source. Again, it's at the studio source for Instagram and the studio um, And that then gives you more strategies as far as growing your audience on Instagram, um, building your email list, selling out your collections and really being a profitable artist and being confident in that identity. So. Well, I will absolutely put those in the show notes as well. So everyone will have access to get that information very readily. And I think that's a wrap unless there's anything else. Well, no, one last thing you have to tell us other than wanting your art to be hanging in Antarctica and Africa. What? What other goal does Allie have for 2020? I have a feeling you have a pretty good, clear vision for 2020. What's it? So I should, I'm now going to get back on my word. I think I've also been much in the weeds of twin life right now. So I'm a little foggy as far as I want. So for really 2020, it's just kind of survive and thrive getting through this first year. That's really my goal and just recognizing that it's going to be difficult. Um, my time this year is going to be limited, but knowing that it's this temporary season and again, pushing onward and knowing that there's always 2021. Um, my goal with, we're building the studio source, really growing that to reach as many artists as possible. Um, I'm going to be still painting, but my time in the studio is going to be limited. So I'm doing a few, I think just two collections this year, but really just, I think having patience and grace with myself for getting through 2020. That's my goal. <laughs> yes. Have patience and grace because you just had twins. Yeah. And, and a two-year-old, which is the real battle of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful season in your life. And if there was any year that you could kind of coast a little bit and enjoy that beginning of motherhood, I think that this is the perfect season to do that because you've built a beautiful foundation and you've worked very hard over the last years. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's, that's intentional. I worked hard toward, to get to this place where now I um, can sit back a little bit, but it was um, not, not necessarily easy getting there, but I had the vision, just gotta keep, keep pushing on. Yes, well, thank you for sharing with us today, Allie. And we wish you well with motherhood and we cannot wait to see the next collection. Well, thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me on this call and thinking of me. Um, I've just, I've enjoyed and I'm, I'm going to, can't wait to listen to all these episodes, especially because they're all these local powerhouses of artists and creatives um, and just this small community is pretty special. Well, we must, might just put Hagerstown on the map, right? That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. We wish you well. Thanks. Hey there, 9 to 5 Rebel. We are so grateful you chose to make time for yourself by listening in today. Be sure to tune in next week as Jesse delivers yet another dose of hope for your entrepreneurial spirit. If the Rebel in you has been inspired today, will you please subscribe or leave us a five-star review? Help us reach other 9 to 5 Rebels like yourself because the world definitely needs more people doing what they love for a living. And while you're at it, go ahead and share this episode with a friend. To learn more about your Beacon of Hope podcast host, Jessie Kretzer, just visit her website at jessiekretzer.com to subscribe to her blog 
or you can connect with her directly on Facebook at Jesse Robison Kretzer or Instagram at Beacon of Hope underscore JK.